podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, tonight's pregame tailgate edition is brought to you by Blue Chew. Um, guys, I do want to thank everybody for all the response and the pushing of the show, iTunes rating, reviews, as always. I am your host, as always, uh, Jeff Lloyd. Follow the Locked On Browns Twitter account. Follow me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Guys, I appreciate everything. I hope everybody enjoyed your Thanksgiving. Uh, we've got Ohio State, Michigan tomorrow. Close it off with, obviously, the Cleveland Browns traveling almost three hours south to Cincinnati, play the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday. Uh, we're going to get into this here with Pete Smith, and we were just actually talking about it. And before we start breaking some things down, Pete, everything is setting up here where this should be a no-brainer. It's almost kind of similar to the Oakland game. You're not seeing really much of anything, and you know I don't care that the Bengals' record is 5-5. Five and five. They look anything but a 5-5 five and five team. And this just really looks like, I mean, you're rolling into a game where you have zero excuses to be walking out with a W. Right, I, I, and I agree. Oakland, Oakland's the ultimate example of what this feels like in that everything, now that A.J. Green appears to be out, potentially for the season uh, or whatever he's go- he's he's sort of alluding to. Um, and Browns- actually, this is funny because uh, Brent Sobleski brought this up. A.J. AJ Green is kind of reaching Joe Thomas. Granted, they sniffed some playoffs, but A.J. Green is kind of like that good soldier in a terrible situation. Right, and he'd be, he'd re- be re- more highly regarded if he was a loudmouth. Like, he'd be far more respected if he was loud. Like, in the way that and Julio Sorello Jones isn't the talker either. Right, but like Julio Jones is the one guy who who gets all the kudos, uh, even though he's not a big talker. AJ Green is the quiet guy who's just in a, in, a, in, a, in a, on a team where you can be anonymous, and if you don't talk and become a problem, you, you're going to be sort of underrated. And he, he he is always underrated. But yeah, I mean, if the Browns don't win this, this becomes very difficult to explain, and it's not like. The Browns should be an automatic because the Bengals are a five and five football team. Uh, they have shown the ability to beat good competitive football teams, and the Browns have lost, I believe, twenty six in a row on the road. Nevertheless, NFL record. It will be an NFL record tomorrow. Nevertheless, even with all of that, there is this sense that the Browns should should come out with a win, and and it's and it's hard to explain. Uh, just why it feels that way, and, and 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 certainly when you get into the matchups and everything, there's 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 reason to believe that. But it's still sort of odd that the Browns, who are a three and six, three six and one football team, should be favored on the road against a five and five division opponent with the former head coach in the coaching box. And guys, I will tell you this. Uh, you know, I always uh, push mybookie.com on here. If you want one tomorrow, um, I think I've got it right now at three points. Uh, Browns getting three points, guys. F- you know, if you like to bet, I mean, that one on paper looks an absolute gimme. Jump all over it, especially with the rest and the fact this team offensively has looked as a good, you know, looked as good as it has the last two weeks. We're about to the point now where Demarius Randall is actually able to pl- uh, practice again. Uh, this one just really looks just too, too good on paper. Uh, Pete, let's go here uh, offensively. Look, Andy Dalton has been there forever, and you know it was okay. Look, oh, you know we're, we're either winning the division or we're getting to the playoffs. Granted, they never won, but now they get to the point where they're not doing any of those things, and they're kind of in quarterback purgatory. I mean, I guess that's okay with them because they've been in head coach purgatory for seventeen or eighteen years now. Um, Andy Dalton, I, but I even look at this offense, and if AJ Green is not there, you know, if you're a defensive coordinator and you're looking at this team, you're going, well. 
I don't even know. You know, look, I you know, I, I'm not going to sweat much because you're going to set up a game plan. Who are you scared of? I, I can't find a guy I'm scared of. Yeah, I think the closest thing they have to a real threat right now is Joe Mixon, and I and that's not like to say that he's a phenomenal player. He's very talented, but I mean, if if, if you're the asking best me, of maybe I, what's there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're asking me, do I want you know Joe Mixon or do I want Nick Chubb? I'm taking Nick Chubb. Do I want Joe Mixon or do I want Duke Johnson? I I want Duke Johnson. So that's doesn't say a lot for the Bengals. But Andy Dalton is is a product of his environment. That's who he is, and there there are guys like that. Dak Prescott's one of those. Matt Ryan is sort of the best of the product of environment. Like he he's a a, a good, very good quarterback, but he only goes so far uh, with that. And Andy Dalton, his play reflects exactly who he's had around him. When he had AJ Green and and Muhammad Sanu and Marvin Jones and all those guys, uh, Jermaine Gresham, uh, that team was absolutely loaded. And Andy Andy Dalton was a pretty good quarterback uh, for the most part. Like he went to Pro Bowls, and people were always talking about is he going to sort of elevate himself to that next level? Uh, and then when they get into situations now where the line has questions and they're missing guys because of injury and inconsistency, like you, you sit there and you go, Andy Dalton is not the. I mean, honestly, right now, if you were to say ask the question, who's having a better season right now? Andy Dalton or Baker Mayfield? Completely. There is no question. None whatsoever. That's how far that I think the Bengals and I think Andy Dalton's reputation. There were people at, at point talking about him as a fringe top 10 quarterback. And now, with a sub- significantly better supporting cast, even with their issues, Baker Mayfield's a better quarterback right now than Andy Dalton, which says a lot about both. So that's sort of where... I see this game at is as and this is you know this has been the dream for the Browns is it's all about the NFL so much about coaching and quarterback and right now the Browns have a decided advantage in a game against a divisional opponent at quarterback and that's one of the positives here guys is um, you can get this tomorrow and then you still have a game each with the Bengals and the Ravens and look you end up three and one or heavens haven't even mentioned it four and0. You've already got yourself, you know, heading into 19 as perhaps the second run run team in this division. Um, so it, there's, you know, it, there is a lot of, on the line here over these next six games. You know, and look, we'll joke about draft position and wanting to keep it or whatever. You know, that's all fun and games. But for these guys, these young guys, they want to go out and win. They want to they want to continue what's going on. But there's a chance here that they know going into 2019. Well, after what we did last year, we know we are the second-place team in this division. And that's going to mean a lot to these guys. Um, And when you get back here with Andy Dalton, uh, never really the big-arm quarterback, which was one of the ones when, and Pete, I know we were doing that draft night. We were with Bill Carroll, James Coburn. They drafted James Ross in... every. You guys, uh, you know, some of you guys had your theories on James Ross. I love James Ross. John Ross. I cried. It was like, this is the worst possible place for John Ross to go. He went from noodle arm, Jake Browning, to Andy Dalton. I mean, J- John Ross, 4-1-9-40 time, one of the fastest guys to ever play, gets to a guy who can't throw a ball 55 yards on a Sunday. Yeah, I mean, that in the moment, that you were just sitting there going, what is this going to do? But, but again, that speaks to what Andy Dalton is, that the organization basically said, look, if we don't get this guy – Somebody who can make these type, you know, we don't get these guys the weaponry that, you know, that's going to basically make him into a phenomenal quarterback. It just ain't going to happen. 
And I think that's a big reason that, that John Ross was the pick. I think in, in a lot of ways, because you know this is Mike Brown's organization and he's tied his team to Andy Dalton and he's not getting off. So they basically looked at it like, we can't get past him, so what do we have to do to make it work? And they said, we got to find a premier receiver uh, and took their shot. And uh, obviously the injuries have carried over from college uh, to the NFL and held him back significantly. But like you said, it's just never been a, a, a great, great fit. Yeah, and, and that's the worst part. I mean, like you, you don't understand the rhyme or reason of what they're doing, and maybe that's what it is when you've been there too long. You know, when you have a Marvin Lewis and, and the way the Bengals are doing things, it's, oh, well, maybe this guy will be the difference and we can get back to being a wild card team or losing our home. There, there, there's never the, we need, you know, you just got to tear crap down sometimes to the Bayer tax, and we'll get into it here on their defense, and you look at the defensive side of the ball, and that's I. I mean, there are some guys. There's a lot of injuries, but we'll get into that, guys. Uh, this is the Locked On Browns uh, pregame tailgate edition here. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, uh, you know, breaking down everything here for you, um, guys. Here we go, guys. Remember the days when you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, BlueChew.com. That is blue, like the color blue. Don't be left like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. BlueChew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting around in a pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for you for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code, CODE, all caps, C-O-D-E, and just pay the $5 for shipping. Again, that is BlueChew, B-L-U-E-Chew.com. The promo code, CODE, capital C, capital O, capital D, capital E, to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for their sponsorship of Locked on Browns. Now, Pete, as we move on here, we're going to get flip it up to the other side of the ball here. And like I said, getting healthier. I'm sorry, you know, uh, we, like we said, the bank, uh, let's get the Browns defense. Getting healthier. Demarius Randall now practicing. One thing I, I do want to see, and it's going to be interesting how Greg plays this, did he develop confidence against the Falcons and some of these reserved defensive linemen, and no Hiram. The reason they played against Atlanta is there was a monster lead. He didn't just change his stance. He had the lead. The reason he wasn't playing them earlier was they were the, his best option to win. Will we stick with the reserve defensive line rotation, Pete? What do you think? God, I hope so. I mean, if for no other reason that, especially Anthony Zettel, uh got in there and he he paid it off like it wasn't a situation where guys went in there and and you know you know make you give you reason to worry that you can't keep him in there if 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 no one else did anything anthony zettel showed you he is a as he should have been all along i mean this he had a very nice season with what the detroit Lions where he had seven sacks yep um he showed that he's he's a quality football player and that 100% of Anthony Zettel is better than like 70% of the next guy or the starter there. So, you know, and, and everything's about confidence that you're hoping this is 
uh, this is, is, is what that is, that it's, it's Zettel getting in there and making a play quickly, that Greg Williams feels okay, feels good about having him in there, that you know this, this is the natural progression, that you get more guys in there. I, it, it's just insane to me that he is, he's more comfortable rotating his safeties than he is the defensive line, and that's, that's just bizarre. So hopefully, and, and the bye week may have helped. I mean, some of these guys get fresh, but you, know, you don't want to sit there like – you don't want to sit there and run Miles Garrett and Emmanuel Ogba and Larry Ogunjobi into the ground. You're hoping that some of these guys get time off in these practices that the, the, the guys like uh, like Zettel, like uh, some of these reserve uh, defensive tackles, like uh, Chad Thomas's riding carcass, maybe got more reps, maybe got an opportunity to sort of pay something off. And, and, and when you have the bye week, you have more time for like real coaching. It's not just game planning. Like you can actually coach and work on technique. And, and, and granted, you're always doing that to some extent. It's just a question of how much time are you doing? How much time are you spent spending to install? Now, unfortunately, whether both sides are downplaying this as much as humanly possible, I understand. But Hugh Jackson going to the Bengals is a giant pain in the ass. And everybody can talk about, well, he didn't know the offense really, whatever. I can tell you from my experience, having a special teams coach go from a uh, team I was on to a team another team was on, we changed everything. That's just how it goes. And I, you know, maybe Greg Williams is serious and they're not changing everything. But I have a feeling that w- whether it's the method the plays get called in or some of the some of the ways that they do things, maybe changed up a little bit, and that may take more time than they would have liked. That if the Bengals didn't have Hugh Jackson, they might not address this situation. But perfect world you have more time really and that's why you sort of see the bye week bump for some of these teams especially younger teams is they get chance to rest and they get a chance to go in and do some more you know fundamental install stuff more technique stuff and guys hopefully get a bounce in that second you know that second little game six game stretch here for the browns that maybe some of these guys step up a little bit uh specifically emmanuel agba of all people i just want him to be healthy if he's healthy he's very good uh, I don't know what the status with the foot is, but it, it, it sounds like Demarius Randall made the most of this, you know, two weeks. I mean, obviously he's going to be playing hurt with the groin in some capacity for the rest of the year. Uh, J.C. <laughs> Treader's ankle is going to be the same way, uh, but you know that's that's the big advantage you have with this, and hopefully, hopefully everybody's paying it off. Well, the fact that Randall was actually able to practice, and that that's that's a huge sign. But even with Zettel now, uh, if you're keeping Avery with that defensive line rotation. At least you've got yourselves now to six that should be trusted. Look, Price with the snaps he got, maybe they're seven. So you're slowly, slowly getting somewhere. But look, even you, know, you got to find a way and just spell. Look, I understand you want these guys, you know, in the meaningful reps. But that's fine. But if you want the meaningful reps to be 100%, they can take plays off late in the first quarter. They can take plays off in the second quarter. They can take plays off in the mid-third quarter. If the game is on the line, you haven't 100%. So hopefully Greg can stick with that. Now flip it up to the other side. Um, the offense now. And here we are uh, you know, with Freddie Kitchens. Now this will be fourth week on the gig. Um, and we've seen you know, some really nice things. And what we've seen is him looking around and saying, all right, what's the future of this team? The future of this team is Baker. The future of this team is Nick Chubb. The future of this team is Duke Johnson and featuring these guys and with Nick Chubb showing a little bit in the, in the receiving game and, you know, Rashard Higgins and, you know, just the pecking order and wide receiver. And I've been kind of using the term, you know, the painter's palette with Baker, using a little bit of everything. 
Um, and you look at it first from the running game standpoint, the Bengals are already down four defensive linemen out for the year, gone. So, I mean, we look at you know the Browns and, oh, they're not playing enough guys. The Bengals, I mean, you're talking to guys who haven't been there long, who are you know, rotating in, and now the, the offensive line seems to be you know, establishing the run here more and more as we go on for this Browns franchise. It, it should be a you know Nick Chubb 20 for 120, and let's just figure the rest of it out from there. Well, the offensive line in particular, this this, this time off was huge. And the, and the guy I look at for that, in addition to J.C. Treader and his ankle, uh, he's playing top 10 center football right now, is Greg Robinson. And this is a big opportunity for him to get more comfortable uh, with the time off, and hopefully he's going to be ready to go because the, the Bengals may not have a lot of things, but they got some defensive ends that can get after it, and they've got Geno Atkins. But if he's comfortable, and, and the thing that shocked the hell out of me was how, how comfortable he was in pass pro initially. It's the run game where, I, you know, if it's he can get mind-boggling, going. Mind-boggling. That the was guy is an absolute card. mammoth. Yes, uh, if you watch him at Auburn, and granted, that's a very simple offense, but he was just an animal just drilling people down the field. So if he can get a little bit more confident in that, where he's not worried about <coughs> getting hands-on, he's more comfortable with driving guys, then that's when it's going to get nasty. But yes, I do think the Browns should run the ball plenty, but I also wonder, because of the reasons you mentioned, if the Bengals are down so many defensive linemen, if we don't see a little bit more tempo and trying to get going faster to see if they can't get those guys tired, get those guys off balance, try to do some things where they can't adjust. I mean, the one thing, you know, again, when you talk about Hugh Jackson, one of the things you can do to take that element out of it, whatever element it's going to play into this, go fast. You can't talk to the defense if they're sitting there running to the line of scrimmage trying to get set. The damage is done. So if, if, if Todd, you know, if Todd, uh, Freddy. Keith, Freddie Kitchens wants to, uh, <laughs> wants to change, you know, run something different, whether it's, you know, and, and everybody talks about the, you know, the, the wishbone and all that. It wasn't like this revolutionary idea in terms of he looked at what he had. He had a whole bunch of running backs. He found a way to get running backs the ball. Like, it, it, it's not complicated, but it's just a matter of being honest with what the Bruns really have. And going with those things, and they don't have a lot of receivers, so what can they do? They have a lot of running backs. Put more running backs on the field. Make teams be honest to having Duke Johnson and Nick Chubb. And he, he sort of talked about it, and Greg Williams has sort of talked about it, where teams were sit, sitting so much on tendency where if it was Nick Chubb in the game, it was run. If it was Duke Johnson in the game, it was pass. Well, then you, you, you have both on the field, and now you have no tendency to work on. So you, can, you can do different things. So I'm hoping... Uh, again, you have the time. Hopefully, they take advantage of that stuff and, and can do some of those things. But you know, for all the tendencies that we can talk about, you know, being like it was with the Falcons on some level, it's about blocking and tackling. If the Browns get off the ball and are physical, they can run the ball and they can go faster than the Bengals may anticipate. Then they can sort of really take out a lot of those potential advantages that that Hugh Jackson might give them. And I and I do think people are underselling that a little bit. It is more of a pain in the ass than people want to admit. Well, but the other thing is is what Hugh can bring is Hugh can bring this is what he does best. That's what he does best. That's what he does best. That's what he does best. And that's the information he can parlay. And look, it is useful. But in the same respect though, it would be different if it were Todd Haley 
still calling the plays. Or, you know, Todd Haley was interim head coach. The fact that Todd got tossed out on his AS2, and if Hugh wasn't really talking much with Todd Haley, I don't think Hugh was really talking much with Freddie Kitchens. So, and what we've seen the last two weeks was so, I mean, with the last two games was so drastically different than what we saw, you know, the weeks prior to it. And, you know, that's, you know, that's what gives me a lot of hope where I don't know the Hugh factor is going to play much of a, you know, of an influence in this game. Um, and we went back to the wishbone look. And then he went to the Sunday night game, the Bears. Man, they threw out the T look. I ain't seen a T look in ages. But it's just do fun stuff. And you want to know what? These guys, you know, these guys are so young and they're innovative and, and they want to hear different things. It's good for the team to do these things. So you want to know what? Go ahead and throw a three tight end look out this week. You put them trips on one side. You know, Fells is only going to run a short pattern. But you can have Najoku and DeValve. You know that you can flood one side, one runs short, runs one, deep, one uh, the other one runs deep. There's things you can do, but keep doing that stuff. And the more you keep everybody engaged, and I'll tell you right now, every time Seth DeValve makes a play, all the other guys are excited. They know Seth can play. They realize he's just become a victim of the numbers right now. So just keep doing it. It, it. It's good for team morale. And we're not at a point right now, except for you know maybe one guy who's getting paid $15, 15 million dollars. Nobody cares who's eating. All these guys, you know, they want to play good football. They want to play together. They want to be successful. They want to win. And when they do it together, they're all excited for whoever made the play. And one prediction I'll give you offensively: we're going to see a. I see a big. I'm going to see. I'm going to predict, and I see it. Brashard Perriman is going to catch a 40, 50 yard ball this week. And it's it's crazy that Brashard Perriman, scrap heap guy that he is, is finding his way here a little bit here and you know over the last two weeks more total yards than Bashard Perriman I mean more total yards than Jarvis Landry but you know he's a guy here and look he's fighting for a contract of some sort and it, it won't be a big contract it's just enough to keep him going I mean he kind of already stole his first money with his contract with Baltimore but you know Bashard Perriman here and look here's a team that needs a guy in the wide receiving core and he keeps finding a way to make himself useful I want to see Antonio Callaway again continue to put together you know, when his number is called, three, four, five solid reps where he contributes. So that's stuff we're looking for as we go further here. Um, as we get more into it here, um, Pete uh, Baker now, and especially with the bye week. Now, this is for all these guys. You know, uh, for him, for Denzel Ward, this is, you know, now you've had some time to step away. You've done the community thing, and it was great that they were all contributing factors this weekend, going into the community, Thanksgiving and stuff like that. But Baker here... There's six games to go. We want to see what we saw with Kansas City. We want to see what we saw with Atlanta over this next six weeks. So, I mean, obviously there's no questions. He's the carrier of, you know, the carrier, the bus driver of this franchise. But we just need to see that continue to go for Baker Mayfield as we continue out through the six, uh, last six weeks. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, and, and and the fact is that they did have you know two relatively soft or, or very soft defenses they played again against the, the, those two weeks. But you take those and a win, and hopefully that with the two weeks, you know he's come he's coming in with a lot of confidence. And it's not so much in himself as as the dude's never been short on confidence himself. <laughs> it's more about these other guys. And, and you mentioned Brashad Perryman. You mentioned Antonio Callaway. Like those are guys where they can take those two games and Brashard Perryman, like I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm just we're, gonna enjoy still, the ride. At this we're point. still scratching our head over this one. It, it, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah, I'm just gonna enjoy the ride with with Brashard Perryman, but 
it's just interesting. But again, you know, guys who haven't been here very long, guys who are really young, like Antonio Callaway, uh, guys who are recovering from injury and Brashad Higgins, there's just a lot of potential for, you know, these guys to come out and be more confident. Set the valve, another situation where, you know, injury situation, you know, Njoku hopefully getting more confident. You know, Nick Chubb in the in the past game getting more confident. There's just a lot of avenues to hopefully see these guys come out and be a little more ready to go, a little more, you know, uh, ready to sort of make a play. And, and whether it's Perryman or, or Callaway or something, you know, if, if they keep running slants like they did against, you know, the, the Chiefs and the Falcons, you know, one of those is going to break. And, and I don't care which one. I mean, but either way, but you know, Brashad Perryman with the ball in his hands is, is a pretty good threat. And Antonio Callaway has already more than proven he's, he's a guy who can get – get going with the ball in space and add in Duke Johnson and, and you find guys that can catch and run and you know, half the battle with this team this year is the catch part, but they've got more than a few that can do the run part. So hopefully, you know, you just feel like with the Bengals and it would obviously be big on the road uh, because they, you know, this, this is a, this is a thing. This is a thing. And they've been talking about it and Greg Williams has been playing up on this that they come out and feel like they're ready to, to explode and, and have those type of that play like you talk about where, you know, 50 yards or whatever, that they're, you know, you know in the same respect that Nick Chubb broke that 92-yard run, I do think there's a feeling in, in, in this respect that it's time for sort of one of those off, you know, passing plays to break the big one. And it's not easy against a team like the Bengals who have pretty good corners, but again, Injuries have added up for that team, and, and maybe this is an opportunity where, where you know, they're looking at this hopefully as a get-well game, and if the Browns come out, you know, quickly, that the Bengals may f- sort of fall into that trap of, oh, here we go again, and, you know, get taken out of a game before it even starts. 100%. Uh, and the other thing, and, and just continue with featuring everybody. And, you know, everybody, oh, this team needs a wide receiver. I mean, I can't believe how anybody came away from the Falcon game and Terrell Pryor was available. This team needs a wide receiver. Their, their leading receiver last week had 39 yards. You guys had, there was like seven guys who had between like 20 and 40 yards. What in the world could you possibly be bitching about after that Atlanta game? You, you, you've just got to check yourself with that one. And this is what Baker does, and this is what we said, get open. And catch the ball. That's all you need to succeed with Baker Mayfield. And it's fun seeing it. And look, Brashard Perriman, if you want to take out his entire Baltimore career, the one thing you can say is ridiculously good athlete. And that's something you need. Um, and now, actually, we're going to flip the script here a little bit, Pete. Uh, look, uh, DK Metcalf uh, now is declared for the draft. I'm, I'm hoping that means good signs for his health. Um, look, you need that guy. You need that X. You need that big dude with the wheels. And now this draft class is setting up to be pretty nice you know, with the DK Metcalf and Nikhil Harry. Uh, some of these guys here, obviously, uh, you know, Butler out of Iowa State. One of these guys, hopefully, somehow, some way, find themselves into the Cleveland Mexican Pete. Right. As much as you and I are not panicking about receivers, we are not sitting here going, they don't need a receiver. We'd like to get more talent, but uh, it's just a question, and a lot of it's fit, and, and I, my my belief in this is the best guys that can fit Baker Mayfield are guys who can find ways to catch and run, and that does not mean they need to be small guys that are just all speed. They can be big guys who can make plays on the move, uh, but you mentioned DK Metcalf, everything is medical. 
is the neck good? Is he going to be able to, ha- you know, is he going to be able to pass everybody's inspection? Is he going to be able to test like, you know, he's supposed to? If he does, chances are he's the top guy. He's a, an absolute stud before that injury, and hopefully after the injury, you know, he can still be that guy. I love Kelvin Harmon. He's yep. absolutely dominated with noodle arm Ryan Finley at NC State. Uh, for whatever you don't like about Ryan Finley for the NFL, you can't argue that he hasn't been a prolific uh, college quarterback, and those two have made a lot of magic together. And 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 I just look at it as this is one of those receivers who's really doing more to make the quarterback quarterback is the receiver here. And you know that could be a situation where the Browns take a guy like him, and he becomes a stud. And then obviously, <laughs> there's no getting away from the. Marquis uh, Hollywood uh, Brown nope. connection. It, it's going to be a thing the entire way, um, and, and, and deservedly. Uh, now I don't know if he's 170 pounds, but he does have a he does have the ability to be a Deshaun Jackson type, and and, and more Deshaun Jackson like at Cal, and, and this may be the sort of the same you know transition that that Hollywood Brown makes in the NFL. In that, and I know you remember when he played at Cal, DJX would catch an underneath pass and just freaking go. It, like he he just put put the juice on and just make a bunch of people miss. And that's you know Marquis Brown obviously has a lot of space to do that, uh, but he may adjust to be a little more of a, a pure deep threat. But either way, you know you're, you're going to talk about the Tyreek Hill effect and everything else because he was obviously picked up by Dorsey and the Chiefs and everything he's doing with Mahomes. I don't care. Um, but certainly I think that's going to be a thing that gets played up and there are other guys who sort of fit that bill, whether it's a Paris Campbell or, or you know, the kid from UMass that could be interesting, Mayfield Heights kid. That, that, you know, that's an Yeah, Isidore. And hopefully he's going to be at the Senior Bowl and everything with that. Um, that could be a huge, um, you know, vaulting point for him to, to make a big statement. Um so, so yeah, I mean, this is a, you know, every year it starts out as, oh, man, this is going to be a great receiver class. And then everybody talks themselves out of it feeling like a month into the season. <laughs> There's no such thing as a bad receiver class. They don't exist. It's like running backs. You may not have that historic class every year, but there are just too goddamn many of them. And you're going to find guys who can play and they may not be, you know, DJ Moore may not be in this class. Um, you know, I had him as a top 10 player and right now he's playing like a top 10 player, <coughs> but, uh, <laughs> I don't know if that guy's going to be in here. Maybe DJ DK Metcalf's the closest, but you don't need that. And the Browns don't need that. You know, they don't need that automatic Baker first, doesn't guy. Need it. Baker no, doesn't need it. no, because what's going to happen is, is if you take, let's just, let's, for instance, the Browns take, you know, uh, you know, receiver X in the top 10. And every time Baker's not throwing at him, people are going to sit there and get disappointed. Like, that's part of the problem, and that's why I always, you know, had a feeling that this Jarvis Landry thing, in addition to the fact I don't think he's a good fit for Baker Mayfield, he doesn't care, so don't make it a point. Like, like for all the stuff about, let's pretend this is a world where Odell Beckham was truly available. He's a phenomenal player. Let's and take the headache and the contracts out of the question. Let's just say Odell Beckham's on the Browns. You would get mad 
like there so many fans would get mad every time he's not throwing the ball to Odell Beckham because you're sitting there going, well, why is he bothering throwing to guys like Higgins and Ajogu? That is who he is. You know, even in in, in Oklahoma, where you he know, made he, Flowers relevant. I mean, he was a, a terrible athlete, sort of a fullback, sort of an H back, and I don't even know if he's on a practice squad right now. But you want to know what Baker Mayfield made him draft relevant because that's what he does. Yeah, D. Westbrook obviously had the biggest year with Baker Mayfield, and Sterling Shepard was a great uh, a great receiver for him. But his Heisman campaign, it was. Three different guys catching for about a thousand yards and seven or eight touchdowns apiece. C.D. Lamb, uh, Marquise Brown, and then and then Mark Andrews, and you know maybe Marquise Brown will go super high. I I tend to doubt it. I think he'll be more of a second day guy. Mark Andrews was a second day guy. Like this is who he is. He's going to take guys who are pretty good and make them great. And that doesn't like the thing I hate. Don't make him. He it's not Tom Brady. Like he doesn't, you don't need to say we're going to give him, you know, five bums and expect him to be great. It's you just don't need to spend, you know, an insane amount to get him weapons. You've already done that to a point. It's just about filling it out and finding the right roles. You want to spend the money on getting the guys he can't make. He can't make, you know, a stud left tackle if that's what it is. He obviously can't make stud defensive players. So help him out in that respect. You don't need to put all your eggs in, in the proverbial receiver basket with this kid. No, exactly, because he is going to... And the other thing is, what we keep saying, guys, he throws the ball to the open man. And keep in mind, still, Fells, first career touchdown pass for Baker Mayfield, 47 yards. Yeah, you all had that one on your bingo sheet. This is Locked On Browns. Uh, guys, Chris Manning over at Locked On Cavs does a fantastic job. Uh, obviously, the team's showing a little bit more signs of life here. So, uh, you know, Chris Manning is guiding you through that. He's doing a fantastic job. So if you're not listening to Locked On Cavs, uh, do me a favor. Go ahead, put in the subscription and help out Chris Manning over there, guys. Uh, Pete, and now it is a rivalry, and we're going to close it out here. We've gotten to a lot of it. There is some letdown here, and it's weird where we're saying, man, you know, and, and we did it with the Raider game, but it's weird to say the Browns are going in the game here, and, man, it's going to be a pain in the ass if they find a way to foobar this one up. Right, and, and this is you know, and and I I can say I made the mis- mistake with the Raider game. I thought the Browns would go out and win, win by three touchdowns. And if, honestly, if you stopped they at mid third quarter. Yeah, they did, <laughs> and they should have. I mean, if they didn't, you know, bad turnovers, obviously the pick six and all those other like they a lot of self inflicted wounds are what kept that game what it was and ultimately cost them. Um, that's the thing is is is. For all the reasons you have to believe in this, the Browns do have to get over the hump of playing on the road. They do have to get over the hump of winning a road game and a divisional game and everything that comes with that. And sort of, even again, they're trying to they're trying to downplay it. But I do think there's, you know, there is they're not going to say it. They want to stick it to Hugh Jackson. Nobody likes this. Like I've like I, I'm sure it's happened in some way or another. But I can't think of an ever having a situation where a guy was the head coach and then like two weeks later for your next game uh, against that team where you play him twice, he's going to be helping the other team. Like he has such little regard for you that he couldn't even take the rest of the year off when he's getting paid just buckets full of money. He's so desperate to work or whatever or prove the Browns wrong or any whatever that it's just – 
the players on this team, the ones that didn't like him already, the ones that did are probably a little perturbed about this. But I expect there's an entire locker room and coaching staff that wants this one bad. And my only hope is that they don't come out with so much adrenaline trying to beat Hugh Jackson that they end up running out of gas early and make the mistakes and, and, and make you know the Bengals, who are still a playoff-caliber football team, feel like they should be winning this game and put themselves in a hole they can't get out of. And, yes, uh, for the QB, QB guru and the offensive guru to now be – offering defensive advice for the Cincinnati Bengals. Look, this is Hugh just trying to grab on anything because, look, I mean, what we've seen for the two and a half years he was with Cleveland, you're looking at a coach who is, you know, goes and does uh, TV, whatever. I mean, I don't know how he fits into an NFL job for 2019. So maybe it's, you know, maybe let me go back to my comfort zone and hopefully they have something for me there. Uh, Look, Bengals, in my opinion, blow it up, blow everything up. You have some pieces. Uh, you don't have any direction. You don't have any focus. I understand the Browns are stale. I mean, the Bengals are stale and don't th- do things of that nature. Be that as it may. I don't care. Go in there. Get this road W. Do not <laughs> do not let the record become another thing that comes to Cleveland. It's a big game for them tomorrow. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Sunday. Go ahead. Win that game. Take that game. Take the initiative. Get the hell out of Cincinnati with a W. You got five to play. You know, whatever it is. Play it out the string and just play hard. Guys, this has been your Locked On Browns pregame tailgate edition. As always, guys, read Pete Smith's work. Follow him. Read his work over at NFL Spin Zone. Follow the Locked On Browns Twitter account. Always a follow back account. Follow me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, before I close this out here, guys, to uh, Saturday, the 24th, is my oldest daughter's 12th birthday. Uh, I do want to wish my Avery girl. She is she's my rock, man. Uh, I want to wish her a happy 12th birthday. Avery, you're a special young lady. I'm proud of everything you're doing. You work hard in everything you do, and it makes me really proud to be your father and me and your mother to be your parents. You are a solid, solid young lady. Guys, until we talk the next time with your postgame edition, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.